Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Racial and cultural differences between individuals, families, communities, and nations have helped people experience and grow an appreciation for the wondrous breadth of the love of God. Think of St. Peter's encounter with Cornelius. Unfortunately, they have also been exploited by the enemy to sow seeds of division, factions, mistrust, and hatred between individuals, families, communities, and nations. As practicing Catholics, we need to continue exploring and implementing new ways of undergoing prejudice and bias, of undoing, excuse me, prejudice and bias, and working with Christ in tearing down what St. Paul describes as the dividing wall of enmity. Joining me now is Catholic author, speaker, and former therapist, Dr. Kate Walsh-Susray, to talk about one of these ways. Dr. Walsh-Susray, welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Patrick, for having me on today. Absolutely. Great to have you with us. So tell us a little bit about your previous work with multicultural sensitivity training, and where did it translate in your former line of work as a licensed marriage and family therapist? All right. So first of all, um, Patrick, I have um, a a doctorate in um, educational leadership from St. Mary's University. And on July 1st, 2017, I woke up early in the morning to start my comprehensive question. And I was expecting to be asked about dinner time, family dinner time. And when I opened the question, the committee had chosen that I should answer about white therapists, because almost 90% of us are white, working with people of color. Mm. And... At first, I fell off the chair, like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> right, <laughs> I don't right. know. And as a therapist, working with all people, it's shocking that I did not, that I couldn't just snap my fingers and begin working. Mm. Uh, so I had to ground myself and say, okay, now where do I, do I begin? Because unfortunately, Patrick, that's what so many white therapists are, and counselors, mental health professionals, educators, spiritual leaders are met with is that we just don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. So after ordering some books and going online and downloading articles, I then began to read and educate myself. And so um, essentially what I found was, was that there were five words that kept coming up. And, um, you know, awareness was the first one, that I have to be aware of what I don't know. And then being sensitive about what I don't know and trying to listen and be curious. And then just simply to be responsive, to come from my humanity to the next person's humanity and not to see them as other or different. And then to be competent. I don't have to be expert. I just have to try to be competent. And then on all of that, I have to put on being humble. We have to be humble and to know what we don't know and to ask questions of people to help us to know more. Um. Yeah, excellent. Well, all those things definitely true in in terms of uh, our interactions with others, especially with uh, those of different racial or cultural backgrounds. Now, you're working up to lead this Multicultural Sensitivity Training Day for mental health, spiritual, and educational professionals coming up in uh, this fall. Yeah. Let me ask you, where where did you see the need for this coming from? Oh, okay. Well, first of all, um, I realized that I didn't know what I should have known. So that's where it started. It was that Mm -hmm. I didn't know. And then I realized that, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm a good, a good person. And it's not because I didn't, I didn't want to know, or I didn't think it was necessary to know. I just 
it had not been um, required of me, which is terrible to say that. And because it hadn't been required, there were so many other things that are required for trainings that I took those trainings. And I saw the need in that I realized that I couldn't be the only therapist or the only mental health professional who saw this as something that I was lacking. And so I began to lead. I put together some trainings based upon the dissertation that I wrote and presented and defended and at St. Mary's with the committee. And as I did that, I then put together this training. And I had people come and take it, and they just all echoed the same things that I said, which were, I can't believe what I didn't know. People mm-hmm. need to take this training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Um, looking into the content of the day, what are some of the themes specifically that you're hoping to focus on, and what are your goals for it? Well, so first of all, so first of all, it's um, looking at those those five words, but then also looking at the virtues, because for Catholics, we're always interested whether we realize it or not, we should be interested in living a virtuous life. And so for Catholics, um, we have in the recent um, Vatican II Council of about 50 or so years ago, uh, Gaudium et Spes states mm-hmm. that if there is one heart beating in pain, and I don't care, I can't be called truly human. Mm-hmm. And so it's for us to to learn about and be curious about and want to learn to help other human beings to find greater peace and um, greater happiness in life, and that we're able to do that when we can meet them where they are. We're not asking them to come to where where we are as therapists. We're going to meet them. Now, that's very, very much a St. Thomas Aquinas teaching, that we cross the room to help the other one. We find out where they are, and then we, we stay with them. And so um, one of the comments that I learned in the reading that I did, uh, one of the authors stated, we are one, but not more than one. So I don't occupy space more than one person. So for us to learn to be humble enough to see that. Right, right. Now, it sounds like this is uh, applicable across the board. Um, I, I do see that the, the training day, well, it I have it here that it's for mental health, spiritual, and educational professionals, but is it going to be open solely to those people, or is it no. open to others as well? Others as well. And oh, okay. I was over visiting the space that St. Saint, Saint Mary's um, is located in the Phillips um, area of Minneapolis. So it's right, right in the heart of... Uh, pretty poor neighborhood. Um, but it's also, I've gone to, I have a master's degree and doc, doctorate from them. And my, my master's was in marriage and family therapy. And then the doc, doctorate um, educational leadership. It's a fabulous, fabulous experience. And all of the parking lots, all of the grounds are all protected and people are walking, policemen are walking all the time, mm. um, helping everyone, everyone to feel safe. Um, and so, yes, it's open to everyone. And Patrick, to say that um, we all need to learn how to cross the room to help each other, and because that's when we're truly, truly going to find peace. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to find peace by finding peace for myself. 
And that's the essence of the Jewish word shalom. The essence of the Jewish word shalom was that the person didn't find peace alone. They found peace uh, with others. Um, community found peace together. So it's not I get to have peace and other people don't. It just doesn't work like that. Right, right, yeah. Well, exactly. Sharing of the peace is the best way to find the peace uh, yourself, <laughs> certainly. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really what uh, Pope Paul VI said. Pope Paul VI, very often we see this on posters and um, maybe bumper stickers and things, and it says, if you want peace, work for justice. Hmm. And that comes, um, Isaiah 32, 7, 17 states, the fruit of righteousness, which is relationships in right order, that's what righteousness is. Hmm. It's when our relationships are in right order. So 32, Isaiah 32, 17 says, the fruit of righteousness is peace, quietness, and trust forever. Hmm. Yeah. That that was what Pope Paul VI was saying. Yeah. Well, it's a, and it's a great reminder, great reminder. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, just curious, is this going to be something that is applicable to uh, all cultures, especially those in the Twin Cities? Are you going to focus in on specific ethnicities or specific okay. cultures? <clears throat> that is a great question. So there have been four groups that have come to the United States in the past 50 years. And if we do not also recognize, and to say this in a politically correct, uh, respectful manner, uh, humbly I say, um, how do we uh, work with blacks? And that is the the, um, correct term that uh, uh, research uses is the word black. Uh, People who have a slave background who come from generations and that's just horrifying. I was explaining that to our eight-year-old granddaughter this morning. We were talking. And she was like, Nani, this just doesn't make sense. Why would people do that? <laughs> very good question. It's a good Rachel. question, right? Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. good question. She said, who thought that that was right to make people work for nothing and hurt them? She said, what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. right on, Ada. And um, so it's... Somalis, um, Hispanic, Hmong people, and Indian Asian. And they all have different ethnic needs. They all have uh, the culture that they brought. And we're not becoming a melting pot that we did in the 1850s. The cultures coming today, they want to hold on to their own cultural um, ways and the way that they raise children and the way that they espouse education and the values that they hold as families. And actually, we could all learn from them. And so for everyone, but especially mental health professionals, educators, and spiritual leaders, because those three groups are serving these ethnicities. We're working with them, but we're serving them. And so to learn how to serve them in a respectful, kind um, way to help draw out the best that they have, that they, this sounds selfish, but that they have to offer us. Hmm. So it's not, we will learn from them if we will allow ourselves to do that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that if that makes sense. Does no, that, that does. Yeah, 
It absolutely oh. does. So let me ask you, I, I mean, it sounds like there's a, a ton of information here and, and not just information, but a ton of uh, applicable, you know, making our into the lives of, uh, as we were just speaking with Jeff Cavins, of an activated disciple, a, a real disciple oh. of Christ that we can put into our lives. Are you doing this all by yourself? No, no, no. Um, okay. I was actually, thank you for asking that. The last two trainings that I've done, I have. I have done it alone, and it's worked. And I offered this training, and um, so if I could use this this terminology, Patrick, um, mm. it was on my my heart. It was on my heart. Um, I, I had people interested. I had people sign up, but it wasn't enough to have something that Porrick and Worthington, they're two authors from 2014 in an article. They had a term that they called difficult dialogues. Hmm. They want us to invite ourselves to become part of difficult dialogues, hmm. dialogues that make us uncomfortable. And we didn't have enough people to have a good, difficult dialogue. So instead of continuing forward with the speakers that I've hired, they've all agreed to come, and I've met them in there and listened to them, and they're so fabulous, just so fabulous. Yeah, wonderful. And and so instead, it was on my heart to step back and to assemble a group. And so I'm in the process of doing that. And if you have any listeners, Patrick, who would like to be part of that, they would simply need to reach out to me. And we will invite them to join us. And it's not to be, we're not engaging in a political um, agenda. We're not, because that's not what the people who have come here, they're coming here to be part of a great, great country. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to divide ourselves into a political one, us against them. We just don't want that. But if people want to be part of the solution, we'd love to have them come and join us. Great. The, wor- mm-hmm. the word that is used is the word ethno-relative. Mm-hmm. And I had a woman who had to read the dissertation for me, and she reached out and she said, I've never heard this word. And we oftentimes hear ethnocentric. And ethnocentric is that my ethnicity is central. Ethno-relative is that I'm one but not more than one. I'm with us. It's community. That's what ethno-relative is. Mm, so gotcha. for, us, for us to help build an ethno-relative society. Wonderful. Oh, huge. Yeah, absolutely. Quite to task. Now, I um, we've just got a few seconds remaining, but I just sure. wanted to ask you, um, as I understand it, things are still in the preparatory phases, so you don't yeah. have a specific time or date or uh, location just yet. Is that well, correct? We're actually going to hold it at St. St. Mary's University at 2500 okay. Park Avenue. And incidentally, St. Mary's just hired a VP of um, Inclusion and Human Dignity. We've asked him to give us his assistance and help and ideas. And so we have people from pastors and uh, clinicians and educators who have joined us. And we will discuss and talk and what do we need to do and what do we think our different professions need to hear. And so the dynamics of the group will give what the day is going to be. But it usually... It's usually it's a long a long day. I'm not going to kid anybody. It's a long day, but it's fabulous. And people are truly not tired at the end. They're so energized, and they just they go forth feeling like they really have a mission to accomplish. 
Yeah, that's great. Let me jump in here and just ask yeah. uh, quickly: Is there how can people uh, okay. be informed about the about the event? Sure. Okay. So they could reach out to me at my email, which is Kate K A T E Walsh, my maiden name W A L S H, Sucheray, my married name S O U C H E R A Y at gmail dot com, or they could reach me at my my website, which is www.if, as in Frank, H-W-B, the Institute for Family Health and Wellbeing.com, IFHWB.com. They can find information there. Wonderful. Well, Dr. Walsh, thank you so much for joining us here on Practicing Catholic. God bless you in this great endeavor. Thank you. All right. right. Bye-bye. We're going to head into another break. Stay with us, though, because when we come back, what can we do to support men on their road to recovery from alcoholism? Tim Murray from Trinity Sober Homes joins us right after this. 